0: Alex Leahy's third album, The Answer Is Always Yes, feels like a cathartic release. It was the local feature album a few weeks ago here at Sin, and in the middle of her tour of the United States, she has set aside some time to join me here on The Hoist. Alex, hello. How are you?
1: Hello. I'm very good, thank you. How are you?
0: Good, thank you. Set the scene for me. Whereabouts in the States are we right now?
1: I'm currently in Denver, Colorado, um, where... I woke up this morning with a bit of altitude sickness because the city is like, I think it's like a mile above sea level or something. It's really high.
0: Um,
1: but we played a show last night, which was awesome. And, um, yeah, we're like a third maybe of the way through this tour and just having the best time. It's awesome.
0: We love that. So a day off is always nice. Um, and you're about a third of the way through, which is really cool. Uh, you started this tour on the day of the release of your recent album, The Answer Is Always Yes. How is that like release show?
1: Would I start a tour on the same day as an album coming out again? Probably not. <laughs> it was like a pretty stressful time. Um, but the show the first show we played was in Santa Ana, which is like in the like literally in the OC. Um and it was really cute to, yeah, kind of play um play that that show and like get to kind of debut a lot of the record to people who probably hadn't heard it before because they only had, you know, a few hours before the show to hear it. Um but it was a really great day um, and just it felt like officially the start of a new chapter, which was really cool. And then backing it up the next day with a show in L.A., which feels like, you know, a more high-pressure gig. And, you know, I've played in L.A. a lot and got a lot of friends there now. So, like, it was really cool to sort of, like, connect with um, with people at that one and, and, yeah, sort of, like, show off this new music. And, yeah, it just made everything feel really official. So it was a, a big week leading up to it. Um but a really great week and, um, you know, a lot of payoff.
0: Yeah, I can imagine that first show would have been a bit daunting because it's literally, like, had just come out, so there's not enough time to, like, sort of set set it in stone. But have you realised now that, like, with the show's coming through that people are, like, getting the hang of it a bit more, like, more familiar with the music?
1: Yeah, for sure. I feel like even just with every day that passes, like, people are becoming more and more familiar with the record and mm. there's just, like, that many more people at each show who are singing along, let alone just, like, that many more people, period, at the yeah, shows right. like with, with every day that passes, which is, like, you know, the best barometer for me to see, like, it connect. And that's, like, why I make music. Like, I make music to connect with people. Like, I make music because I love the social phenomenon that it is. And um and so there's no bigger kind of, like, reward than putting out a record and then seeing it connect. And I really feel like even in just the, what, like, 10 days that it's been out or whatever, that um I feel like big essential connection that I've felt in a really long time, you know, given that we haven't been able to tour in ages and it's been, you know, four years between records for me. So it's been a really special time and um, a great reminder of like why I do what I do.
0: Yeah, I love that. Have you noticed a difference between the crowd internationally versus back home?
1: I mean, I think there are always differences. Like, you know, there are certain like cultural differences that, you know, are kind of hard to put your finger on like for example like when you play in mainland europe you sell a bunch of cds like apparently Ooh. cds are still a thing there which is kind of interesting but in terms of just like attitudes and stuff like i mean i love seeing australians at shows when we're over here like there's always a few peppered through like you know um depending on where we are which is such a nice connection for me to make and also for them to make as well like being expats and that kind of thing but i don't know like the thing that i sort of love like especially like over here you know, like, I'm three albums deep now, like, I have a catalogue, you know, which is something that has dawned on me recently, and it's been really nice to sort of, like, meet people who have kind of come to my music through, like, the different phases of it, Um, and, you know, like, they've kind of had their own moments with with it, um, which is really cool, and so that, to me, is, like, a really exciting part about touring, Um, but in terms of, like, the actual differences, like, I don't know, I think the biggest difference, like, especially in the US, is that there's a lot of driving um, and there's a lot of places to play. Like, we're playing in 24 different cities on this tour and that's, like, barely scratching the surface, you know. And we drive everywhere. We drive across the whole country, whereas in Australia, like, you fly everywhere because there's too much distance between places that you play. There's just not enough people. So it's like a different touring culture, like within the group, which is which is interesting. And uh, yeah, there's certainly a lot of bonding time here <laughs> in the van.
0: <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. There's nothing like a tour van to get to know somebody quite well.
1: Yes. Yeah. Very intimate.
0: <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. Um, I want to now tap into the album. The answer is always yes. It is such an incredible album, front to back, um, and it feels to me just super honest and super relatable. In so many ways, I think personally, growing up in Melbourne um, as a queer woman as well, I think this was like a lot of parallels where I was like, "Yep, that that nails it for me." Um, in comparison to previous releases, though, I think this album and this record examines the human experience a little bit more broadly. Was this intentional?
1: Um, well, first of all, thanks for I'm so well, thanks for listening to the record. I'm so stoked that you like it, and it means a lot to me that you've connected it connected with it on that personal level as well like you know um that that means a lot to me um i think one of the 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 funny i don't know if i want to call it a silver lining but one of the sort of like funny things that the last few years i think has thrown us is is a universal experience Mm. you know whether we like it or not like we've all had this like universal experience um it's been so much of somewhat of an equalizer in a way i think which has been like really interesting to um, kind of compare so unlike like with others. Um, you know, I feel like the word relatable has been thrown around a lot when it comes to my music over the years. And I honestly don't go out of my way to be quote-unquote relatable. Yeah. Um, I'm just a normal person. And, and, you know, and I think that a lot of, like, experiences that we have as individuals are shared experiences. And I love that. Like, I love that part of being human. Yeah. Um, and I think that what I discovered, like, over the past few years that kind of ended up coming up through the songs is that I think that there is this universal part of being human that is about a a certain, like, perseverance to find the joy in life, you know? And I think, like, the answer is always yes, like, as a statement is a part of that, um, You know, not that I'm, like, an improv person or anything, but (laughs) it's kind of, like, you know, there's that, like, principle in improv where it's, like, you have to say yes and in order Mm. to progress the scene. And I think that, like, that's... There is something deeply philosophical about that. Like, I think that there is, like, some sort of, like, link to that and life. You know, if you don't say yes, then it stops. And I think that, like, that's sort of what this record is about. It's about, like, finding perseverance to keep, like finding the zest for life otherwise like what is there you know like even in the darkest times that we have as individuals or collectively like it's about that perseverance and about you know finding the light so to speak so to me like that's like uh, kind of that's sort of what emerged to be the message of the record and I think like all of the vignettes that like the tracks kind of are in the record are different circumstances of you know discomfort or difficulty um and sort of trying to find, like, the light in it, like, whether it's the humour or whether it's a silver lining or whether it's just, like, the story itself, you know. um, That, to me, is, like, what the record's about.
0: Yeah, I can sense that through so many of the tracks. I think um, They Wouldn't Let Me In is one where you can see that entirely because it's sort of unpacking, you know, growing up queer and your teenage years, and I think, personally, um, I know for me, it was sort of, like, I feel like I had a delayed like coming of age moment um but you seem to really find the humor in that was it important for you to find humor in moments where it's otherwise like really tough like a really tough listen find the humor in it
1: yeah I mean I think that that's like a way that I navigate life like you know music aside like humor is a big part of our of how I communicate it's a big part of like what I connect with it's a big part of how I kind of like get through it you know Mm. um and I think with they wouldn't let me in like a real like a word that was a real touchstone through making this record was like absurdity yeah and I think that there is like an absurd like life is absurd right yeah and I think that there is nothing more absurd than bigotry like there is no like (laughs) there is no reason for it it is just like total craziness Mm -hmm. and um and I think what they wouldn't let me in like I wanted to find the absurdity in like in you know the certain prejudices that or difficulties like both like externally and within myself that I experienced like as a you know I was very aware of my queerness as a child mm. and then for that to become a more tangible thing as a teenager like you know it was it was difficult and um and it was sort of something that I'd never really addressed before um but I, the way that I sort of saw it wasn't like you know a cloud of darkness like yeah. hanging over me it was more like wow like I experienced like adolescence with this queer lens yeah and i'm so grateful that i have that queer lens like in my life like you know for me like life is more colorful because of it oh absolutely yeah and i think that like with this song it was like well so what was my adolescence like through this queer lens and a lot of it was kind of absurd and (laughs) um you know it's like things like you know, not being able to go to your girlfriend's formal, or like, mm-hmm. you know, being fourteen and thinking that no one's gonna love you. You know, you know, or like, you'll never get laid. Like, you know, it's like <laughs> sort of stuff like that. Um, you, you know, let alone like uh, feeling uncomfortable in certain situations. Like, you know, your your girlfriend's parents, like, n- not approving or not even knowing about yeah. like your relationship. Like, those are the rites of passage of like queer adolescence that I sort of experienced even though I missed out on other rites of passage that, like, a more conventional adolescent would have. Um, So, yeah, like, I think that that's sort of, like, where the song was drawn from and, um, you know, I I know I'm not alone in a lot of those experiences. and um, But, yeah, uh, I I, I think it's a fun song and I'm glad it's a fun song.
0: Yeah, I think it's really interesting that you describe it as – like, own ride of passage, because I think, yeah, personally, I've always been like, oh, I, like, lost all these experiences, but at the same time, it's, like, a whole ride of passage that, like, the average straight person would never experience, so it's cool to see it in that light and to, like, just make fun of it as well and see the light in it, which is really cool. Um, Was it a track that sort of came together? Like, have you been sitting on wanting to ride a track like that for a while, or did it just sort of fall into place one day?
1: Yeah, I've been thinking a lot about, like... I'd been thinking a lot about that. And then I'd watch that show, Heartstopper on yeah, Netflix. Nice. Um, Great show. Which I loved so much. And the reason why I loved it was because it was a, so, it was a show about queer joy, you mm. know, which is something that I didn't have when I was growing up. And I don't, and a lot of people didn't have until basically the show, <laughs> by the sounds of it. You know, I feel like when I was growing up watching TV with queer people in it, it's like they were either like the joke or some sort of tragedy, you know, yeah. like it was like you know queerness was a was a problem mm-hmm. and um and i was so enamored with the fact that this show had presented queerness as, as joy you know and um and i was just thinking i'm like god like this just makes life so different for a kid that sort of resembles me now you yeah. know and i was so like you know it just got me thinking and reflecting a lot on like what my the representations of queerness were to me like as a kid and um and when I went to write the song, like the things that I knew was that I kind of had this like narrative in my head, and also I wanted to write a song on bass. Yeah, and um, and so the music kind of came through that way. I wanted to write this song on the bass guitar because it was something different for me, and I also knew that the song I wanted it to be a little bit like angular, and maybe like a little bit post-punky as well. Yeah, um, and and that's sort of how it came together.
0: Yeah, it's such a cool track, and there are many cool tracks on the record um there's another one that i think is just so honest um but it's again it totally makes sense with the uh, whole premise of the answer is always yes and seeing the light and things uh the track you'll never get your money back i remember listening to it for the first time and there's a it's essentially like trial and error of trying to like get through uh, like a breakup and the breakdown of a relationship. Um, But there's a line about like you being able to see what the other person was watching and like on the streaming services and then the account disappearing and all of those things. And it really got to me because I think um, something like, you know, growing up with like, personally like growing up in a digital age, I think it's weird to always have access to seeing what other people are doing and you, like, never, like, entirely lose somebody. Was that sort of a bit of the premise of this track?
1: I mean, it's all true. Like, Mm. everything in the track is basically true. Like, I did flee the country in order to, like, break the cycle of a toxic relationship once, you know? Like, it's all legit. And, like, I think that, like... That you know whether someone is like send you know like I feel like a lot of us have received the breakup letter at, or, at some point <laughs> in our life or maybe have been the person who sent it. I've certainly received one, and um, and you know I think it's funny like whether it's actively or passively like it can be really hard to escape mm. people you know and um and that was just sort of like, like the tune and um yeah I remember like when I wrote it with a couple of friends of mine Jess and Jenny um. And, yeah, I just knew I had this line about, like, yeah, it's like you'll never get your money back. It's like, you know, the, the, the currency of a breakup can really outweigh the love, you know, at yeah. times. And um, and I was reflecting on this particular relationship, which to me, like, it was that. It's like the currency of the breakup, like, outweighed the, you know, the good times, um, which is a shame, you know. And, um, and I remember when Jess Abbott, like, said love never leaves you in the black and that was like you know like full credit to her for that line like (laughs) that was just like a real like lightning bolt like that that day um but as far as the verses go in like all those little situations it's like yeah like i said life is absurd like you know when you write songs you just not even when you write songs when you just go through it if you kind of just like make note of those like weird moments you have a song yeah that's (laughs) how i I write songs (laughs) you know life is weird it's kind of like it they you know it It kind of hands you those stories. Yeah, it's like, ooh, let's unpack that. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I love that. Um, You said for You'll Never Get Your Money Back, there was a bit of collaboration there. And I've read as well with this record, there was a lot more, like, co-writing sessions and stuff like that than there has been in previous records. Was that sort of a challenge for you to sort of tap out and get more, like, input?
1: Um, I think it was the right time for me to do it. Mm. I'm a very collaborative person by nature. Um, But I kind of, like... I think I probably had something to prove to myself in the last two records. I really wanted to sort of do it, you know, by myself. Yeah. Um, And I'm really glad I did. And I think that, like, they're good records, you know. Um, But I wasn't really interested in doing that again. I sort of felt like I knew what it was going to sound like and I kind of didn't want to live with that. Yeah. Um, So I opened up the doors a bit and it was really fun because... I've been a collaborator on a lot of artists, like, other projects, you know, mm-hmm. in the past. And it was kind of cool to, like, change roles. Yeah, okay. Um, and and kind of, like, learn more about what it's like to be in, like, the other, you know, seat. And um, and it was great. Like, you know, I, I was always really, like, conscious of the people that I was bringing into the project. Like, um, and I'm so lucky that, like, over the years I've made... Friends with so many talented people who I was able to invite to be a part of it um and it was just really good like it was it, I had a great time doing it and I think that the record is so much better for it yeah. as well like I said like I could have gone and done the you know done this by myself again but I honestly don't think it would be as good um and it certainly wouldn't be something that I'm as like passionate about as I am now um it's nice for something to take a village you know mm-hmm. um so yeah it was a really cool experience. Um, Probably one I'll do again, you know, whether it's the next record or another record later, like for sure. Um, But I'm really proud of like, um, you know, all the people that, that have worked on this record and and enormously grateful for their contributions. And um, yeah, I think, I think we did a good job and I really enjoyed, yeah, like um, kind of steering the ship in a different way. It was, it was fun and, it made me feel more fearless, which was really
0: valuable. That's really interesting that you say it makes you feel more, made you feel more fearless because I was going to ask, um, typically with songwriting, it's obviously already quite a vulnerable thing to put emotion onto paper and then into song form. Um, But usually that vulnerability I feel comes after the fact because you've done it and then you have to share it with people and that's quite vulnerable. Did you find it? is it like trickier to then share that with other people as you're writing a song or does it still come just as naturally, do you think?
1: I think it's like, I think, I think that's, that's when the conversation of like, who do you want to work with comes into it? You know, like, I think that like, you know, it's sort of like you've kind of stipulated it just there, like I think trust is a really big part of collaboration. And like, you know, for me, like I, you know, these stories come from my life and I like value like, those stories and the narratives and, you know, and I want to involve people who, like, care, yeah. you know, um, to kind of, like, work with that and help me mould, like, that piece of clay, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I think that that's, like, definitely a thing. And there is certainly, like, you know, there are different schools of thought when it comes to collaboration. Like, you know, there are some people out there who are really successful and make great music who whose approach is kind of just to throw as many darts on the board as possible until one hits, you yeah. know. Um, for me, like, I kind of prefer a more nurturing approach, um, which maybe makes things a bit slower, maybe means I have less hits, but like, (laughs) it's the way that like, I kind of like to work and that I like to foster the project. Mm -hmm. Um, and so for me, it's about finding like-minded people who want to get involved in that. Um, so that's kind of the approach that I take.
0: Yeah. Amazing. Um, As I said a little bit earlier, you are on tour in the States at the moment, but you will also be coming back to so-called Australia to hit some shows um, across the country in August, including the Night Cat here in Melbourne on the 19th of August. Probably one of my favourite venues in Nam, I won't lie. It's just so cool. Like with a little stage in the middle. Love it. Anyway, um, your last Melbourne show at the corner had a surprise wedding. Super cool. How was that experience for you?
1: um it was awesome like again like coming back to queer joy mm. like we had a same-sex wedding at the corner and it was awesome like what a cool like opportunity to give a stage to to love you know in that way um yeah it's something that we talk about it all the time in the band like, it's one of the greatest moments ever and we keep in touch with the brides as well which is kind of oh, beautiful um we actually backed it up in um seattle a couple of nights ago, we had a promposal happen oh, in the we crowd love that, that we like helped. Make, we helped. We helped pull together Jasmine and a girl. Jasmine did a promposal for a girlfriend Gwen, and oh, Gwen beautiful. said yes. Good. So they're going to prom <laughs> together, which is pretty sweet.
0: <laughs> oh, I love that so much. I was going to say, I was going to ask if there's been any more highlights, but it seems like an Alex Leahy show is a place for queer joy. So we love that. Yeah,
1: joy for all, but um, but especially queer joy and. Yeah, I'm super stoked about this tour. I'm bringing one of my best friends in the world, um, Illuminati Hotties, to Australia for the first time, and that's going to be super special. I can't wait.
0: Neither can we. Alex Leahy is touring Australia in August, and her incredible release, The Answer Is Always Yes, is out now. Alex, thank you so much for jumping on the hoist.
1: Thanks, Sarah. appreciate it.